What do you say you and me take a walk over to the tavern? Let's pull up a chair. A little something to eat. <laughs> Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. Come on, Johnny. What are we waiting for? This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips, and chit-chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. Disney. For too long, I've been parched of thirst and unable to quench it. <laughs> Oh, hi there. Welcome to the Mouse and Castle podcast. So glad to have you on board. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad to have you. Welcome. Come in, come in. Grab yourself your preferred beverage, your beverage of choice, as we just relax and talk all things Disney. Let me bring in my co-host, my friend, your friend, friend of the mouse, is Mr. Aaron Goins. How's it going, Aaron? It's going pretty good. What is your beverage of choice tonight, Riley? Mm, well, that would be uh, margaritas, plural. Margaritas. No. Uh, yes, yes. Go to go to on a Tuesday on a t- on a Tuesday. No, it's a it's it's a margarita kind of night. You, you've had them, right? It's a, you know. I was watching some Battlestar Galactica, totally non Disney related, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Disney has not bought Battlestar Galactica yet. No, but give them time. Give them time. I don't know what is who does own Battlestar Galactica. That's not Fox or anything, is it? I don't know. I, whoever whoever owns Sci Fi, they're the they're the distributors. Oh, okay. Day, yeah, I don't know enough about the uh, the ownership of Battlestar Galactica to know kind of the overarching company that owns them. But well, well on this episode drinking, of Galacticast, we're gonna no. What are you drinking? Yeah, right. <laughs> I am drinking coffee uh so. wait 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 what it is you're in the same time zone as me right it is it is tuesday evening just shy of 9 p.m folks i am a calling night coffee drinker wow I, sometimes i mean i know it's crazy but sometimes i'll be i will drink a, a cup of coffee i've been known to drink a cup of coffee as late as midnight we do need something either alcohol or coffee or whatever it is to block our nerves these days it is uh, with all of this disney you know reservation system and kind of am i going to get in like mm. am i is there going to be any availability you know we need you need something to well, de-stress you here's the deal folks as you're listening to this podcast you don't know and even i don't know the status of aaron's um booking process reservation process his plan to get access to the disney parks because we have you, you alluded to it we have an announcement we have Disney's reservation system. We're implementing a number of new measures, including a park reservation system, temperature screenings, and face coverings. Park attendance will be managed through a new park reservation system. What's your impression? What was your big takeaway? I know you've had a chance to take a look at it and dig into it a little bit, so I'm anxious to know what's... uh, You had reservations. Um, I think you had resort reservations. I know you had dining reservations. Um, So what's your uh, current... uh, What's the latest? So, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about my journey, although it's still a journey. It's still going on. I have not reached the end of this journey Mm. because, unfortunately, I actually didn't have hotel reservations with Disney. Uh, We have a timeshare that is technically on Disney property but not owned by Disney, so that's typically where we stay. Yes, the, um, if I can shout, the Wyndham Bonnet Creek, right? Right? Yes, Bonnet Creek. Beautiful property, by the way. We've stayed there a few times. Yeah, we love it. It's great. And we bought it, 
long, long time ago, you know, before I was even like big Disney fanatic. So, um, I didn't even know there was a such thing as Disney property back when I bought this. So, so yeah, we typically stay there. So I didn't have a Disney resort reservation, which is the, the most, you know, that's what you want right now. Because if you have a Disney resort reservation, you can make reservations to the parks as we speak. As mm. of yesterday, I believe it went live. Yes. And you can go in, you can make a reservation. I knew I couldn't because I didn't have that resort re- reservation. I think annual pass holders ne- get the next phase where they, they let them in. Yeah. And then then the third phase is people that already have tickets. And that's where I fall. I already have tickets. I bought them a long time ago. Um, so I have, I do have, I can get into that third phase, but I can't actually make my park reservations until June 28th. The 28th is when the, I say the, the general admission to the pub, but those are people that's if you already have purchased a ticket, uh, ticket sales are still not open. Right. You can't buy tickets if you don't already have them. So you either have to have, you know, hotel reservation with tickets. You have to have annual pass, which is obviously tickets, or you have to have already purchased tickets on their own. If you're not one of those three things, you can't even make reservations yet. Yet. But I think once they kind of get through those three phases, that's when they'll open it up to the general public. And I think And I actually think that it might not be as hard to get in as people may have thought. Mm, I think there's all there is some manner of um nervousness, understandably, maybe a mild form of panic, um, as people have tried to figure out this kind of complex system because basically they're trying to manage attendance right that's the big thing right now and but also to manage attendance you have to manage or understand at least what the demand is and we just don't know what that will look like i'm sure you know the there there are certain boardrooms in disney that have run numbers and stuff but we don't know yet until it actually opens next month but yeah to the sort of baseline stuff is you need to use your my disney experience account and you have to be able to link in the case of the like your resort reservation if you have that make sure your tickets linked or your annual pass is linked and in order that in the in the preferred order that's where you make your reservations but you have a theory that it may not be as unlike most things with disney historically there may not be that huge pent up instantly sell out demand right and i think there was a demand uh for a certain percentage of Disney fans. And I, so that was proven in the morning when you tried to log into my Disney experience on Monday morning. Mm. Uh, it was completely down. And I don't know if down is the right word. For some people, it was crashing. For other people, they just got into like a really long line. Uh, I know I just out of curiosity logged in. Maybe I was part of the problem <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I knew I couldn't do anything. I knew I couldn't make reservations, but I was curious. I wanted yeah. to go through the process. And so I went ahead and opened it up and tried to open it up at like 8 something a.m. and couldn't get in. And I just left my browser open and I think I actually didn't see access. I kind of got bored and kind of did other things and came back later on in the day. And by the time I was able to get in, it was something like four hours. Oh, uh, wow. That it took for it to actually just let me into my Disney experience. And then at that point, you could start to look for availability. So you can look at what's available right now, even if you don't have, um, if you're not staying at a resort or if you're not an annual pass holder, you can, you can, when you first log in, it tells you to look for availability. You pick your people. I picked my family. I went through the whole thing and it said, so sorry, there's nothing available for the dates that you've chosen. 
and I knew there wouldn't be because I'm not allowed to be looking at tickets yet. Ah. And then there's a little link that says view availability in general. And so I click that and that's where I could go and just see if I was a Disney resort guest, what would be well, available. So, and what did you learn? Like what's the uh, availability? Are there dates that are, you know, quote unquote selling out or, or being fully reserved? So that's what I was surprised by. Cause I thought that there would be, I thought that July maybe would already be sold out or mm. even the first week that it's open would be sold out. But that's not the case. There actually is not any of the days right now that are sold out. Yeah. Well, and, and, the, so, way, and the way I understand it is, is reservations are made for a specific both date, time, and park. So you're limited to one park per uh, one park reservation per day. So the park hopper service is not going to be a thing uh, for right. for reservations. Yep. So um, actually, I take that back. Now that I'm looking, uh, there's one li- day live on air. Live on air. Let's see. Uh, live on air. I'm looking at. So I have opened it up because I was as we were talking through this, I was curious to see kind of what the current availability yeah. is. What's the latest? So July 11th is the first date. Mm-hmm. that it's available and that's magic kingdom and animal kingdom are the only two parks that are open and right now if you if you logged in there's availability you can book okay um but if you start to click through the first date is the 14th um animal kingdom is sold out oh interesting so there is a sold out date this is, is that a weekend that day I want to. it's a tuesday oh interesting actually. so on for whatever reason the 14th uh, Animal Kingdom is already sold out, but um, yeah, as I start to click, I think what Epcot opens on the 15th, right? I want to say that, that 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 checks with me. I know that they opened a little bit later. They're staggering it. I think Epcot's the 15th, if if this calendar that I'm clicking through is accurate. Uh, it, sound, it looks like Epcot opens the 15th and then uh, Hollywood Studios opens the 18th. Hmm, gotcha. And, yeah, as I'm clicking through July, every... Every day in July, other than the 14th, has full availability. So, so there's your answer. If you if we were worried about stuff selling out instantly, now of course this has only been open to resort guests. Exactly. So once it opens to annual pass holders, you'll have a second wave of people going in. It's kind of like when you use, when you registered for classes in college. This is what I did. You, you the <laughs> seniors pick first. <laughs> right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, we're we're the. Uh, we're the freshmen. Mm, yeah, exactly. But uh, if even I no, no people who don't have tickets are the freshmen because that's you don't even you can't right. even yeah we're the yet. sophomores. We have tickets, but we got to wait for the seniors yeah. and juniors to pick their stuff. First. Although I'm in the position where I have a ticket, uh, remaining days left on my my military salute the troops ticket um, from our what we didn't know at the time like last hurrah at Disney for a long time <laughs> the bachelor party. Um, yeah, that's what my tickets are. My personal tickets are from that too. Yeah. So. so, but my my wife, however, does not. So the next time I go to Disney would probably be with my wife. Actually, the the current next date that we have planned is the the wine and dine half marathon, which we're going to talk a little bit about updates to that later. But it's it's one of those things where you know if if we want to be able, we have to be able to purchase her a ticket and then be able to make the reservation if we want to go to the park, any of the parks around that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a scary thing for, I do think that, I mean, seeing that animal kingdom is already sold out on the 14th and it's only been open to resort guests. Yeah. That actually does. That is a little alarming Hmm. because 
you know, that is kind of like, okay, well, that, yeah, I don't know what the capacity level allowance is and what, you know, if it's going to be 25% or what that number is, but it's been capped for a day and they've only, they're only through phase one. So by the time it gets to just regular people that don't have tickets yet, they might, you might think, okay, July might not be a good time to try to go, but maybe, maybe a little bit further out in the summer or early fall, Mm. you'd start to see some availability. I'm pretty comfortable because my planned trip is in October yeah, and I do have tickets already. So I think by the time I can book on the 28th, I'm expecting that October will still be wide open. I'm looking forward to, we'll, we'll do a show and kind of review your process for how that, how that booking process went. And I'm looking forward to getting reports of what these, uh, what the park experience is like once they do reopen and, and the, uh, I'm breaking news to both the audience and you, Aaron, um, but uh, I was literally talking last week to uh, uh, my good friend Scott Rifen, who has had for almost a year resort um, reservations. So he's he's in the same process. Uh, I, actually, I think yesterday, I guess, was the day that he went in and, and reserved the requisite parks for his, I think, end of July, mid-July. It was pretty soon after it opened trip. So he is, he's more than willing to come on the show and, and walk through his experience of the park. So I'm kind of... We'll try to arrange that for you guys and, and get a first-hand report of what that's like once the reopening start next month. Nice. Yeah. There is a small part of me. I think we talked about it a little bit. The small part of me that's like, uh, it's kind of tempting to be like, oh, maybe just do a quick little weekend run down to Disney in July <laughs> just to see what it's like. But yeah. honestly, I don't really even have that option because my tickets that I do have are only enough for the trip that we have in October. Ah, yes. And I don't have like an extra day available that I could, you know, even go. Gotcha. Yeah. The same, same thing for us. Like, um, that's the reality of like, we're holding off for now. We'd love to do like, I mean, Savannah would love to do a little trip down there, but it'll be a little while just based on our, our kind of real life job situation to be able to, um, take those, those risks and the precautions associated with traveling to Florida right now. Like there's a, there's a lot you got to do um, to be as safe as possible for those who are actually going to go to the theme parks. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see the um, accounts. I I remember when um, when Shanghai reopened, some of the accounts coming out of there. It was really interesting to see some of the differences uh, that they had put in place. Yeah, I I had my first experience today of kind of like that reopening effort in my area. Oh yeah, and they uh, place. Places near me or me have just now started kind of opening, and um, so I was able to book a haircut. And so I went today and got myself a haircut, and it was kind of that feeling of like they only allow. It's a pretty small place, and they only allow like two people in in there at a time. Two customers are allowed in there at once, and you have to wear a mask. And they take your temperature as you're coming in the door, and you know, that kind of like. It's like, okay, this is, this is what it's like right now. You can, you can go out and start to do things, but you still have this very limited type of experience. It's weird to walk into a, a barbershop and have them take your temperature yeah, and, or have them, you know, wear, they're wearing a mask, you're wearing a mask, everyone's wearing a mask. So you're literally sitting there talking to your barber as they, <laughs> you know, through masks. It's just a different experience. And that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of a mini, you know, preview of what it will be like for you know some of these bigger events you know, yeah. you're going to be as you're walking up they're scanning your forehead you know okay you're good you're good you're good it's a 
never had my temperature taken at an amusement park before. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, it's true. It is going to be a very different experience, but you know, there, there is demand there though. There is interest, which is, I, I, I think encouraging because there's so many conversations to be had about sort of the safety of it and how Disney's going to handle the safety of, of, uh, reopening, especially amidst rising numbers in Florida. And, and, um, but mm-hmm. I, I really do think that, um, this is this is a chance for society and Disney's like a big part of our society and and the idea of the the American summer vacation is defined for many people by trips to Disney World or Disneyland and this is their chance to be a proving ground for how to do this as safely as possible. I'm optimistic. I really think that they can um showcase uh, a way to have Americans which aren't necessarily conformist by nature but conform to you know, safety guidelines that they, that, that are going to help them be able to stay in business during this time. So I think that's, that's a really important, uh, I don't know, element of, of the whole, um, process they're going through. Also the loading screens, Aaron, um, fun little fact. I just pulled this just to troll you, uh, for the Cinderella's castle are updated to have the darker shade blue on the spires, um, for the, oh, in the for the waiting. Me, I noticed. <laughs> Were you angry? The they're very pink. Uh, yeah, well, I was kind of, I, as I was seeing the paint going up in the different <laughs> pictures, I was like, Oh, it's not that pink. Like if you see it in a certain lighting, maybe it'll fade a little bit, but then you see the icons <laughs> that they're, you know, posting in their advertising and it's, Oh yeah, they're not shying away from the fact that it is bright pink now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, I don't think we've recorded since, um, our tentative trip to Disneyland has now officially been canceled. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that, but that's true. We this is we did have a tentative trip in August. I had a, I had a booking. Yeah. I had a I had my ticket yeah. for the Disney Star Wars night. Yeah, we had you know we had tickets to Disneyland. We had the Star Wars night booked. We were it was all in conjunction to the Star Wars celebration event that was mm-hmm. happening in Anaheim. And that we were going to be going out to with with a bunch of friends, and that has now officially been canceled. So, not only has Star Wars Celebration been canceled, but also the the Star Wars Night at Disney has officially been canceled. Even though Disney will be open, Disneyland will be open at that time, but yes. they canceled the event. So, so yeah, that was our. That's the first. Well, I guess now the second because my my trip in April was canceled. Now my August trip has been canceled. So, mm, yeah. So crossing my fingers for the October trip, but. Yeah, so that was that was something Disney that didn't happen. Yeah, no, that's true. They they really are shying away from any of the major events, and I, I was kind of alluding it to it moments ago, talking about like we're going to witness them sort of define how to operate something like a theme park in the midst of uh, a pandemic that's going to be here for a while. And part of that, not just like uh, Disney Star Wars Night at Disneyland, but they announced a whole slew of updates to their, um, I guess, park events that have become a staple, including the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. And so I, I kind of wanted to, uh, pun intended, take your temperature on this, but um, <laughs> I'll quote straight from the... Um, 
straight from the official Disney Parks uh, blog. And we'll, but we've been talking about a lot of these stories. It's hard to keep up with all the reopening stuff. So make sure you um, tune into the uh, website, mouseandcastlepodcast.com. We'll have notes and links to all these stories that we're referencing on the podcast. And uh, that's also where you can click on our, our newsletter link, where I often send out newsletters with the notes and links of stuff we talk about on the show and stuff of interest. So make sure you check those out. But straight from the Disney Parks blog, um, Quote, one staple of the fall season at Walt Disney World is the annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Today, we're pleased to share that not only have we cooked up a creative modified festival experience, it will be our longest festival yet, giving you plenty of time to enjoy a taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. This new take on the Foodie Festival debuts right away, July 15th. The day it opens uh, and continue through the fall, offering 20 signature global marketplaces like Hawaii, Hops and Barley, Islands Caribbean, bunch of other locations. Guests will be able to see our new, newest uh, topiary, Remy, uh, in, the Fran- uh, in the France Pavilion and find flower and garden merchandise. Um, and for scavenger hunt uh, fans, uh, Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak scavenger hunt returns. So they've essentially extended... Uh, food and wine but shrunk it down a bit in size and incorporated some elements of flower and garden which is largely just we missed this year because of covid they have canceled certain elements like the eat to the beat concert series um anything that was the larger gathering places um they've canceled to accommodate physical distancing um they will not be hosting any concerts but there will be music at the america gardens theater but no none of the actual uh, concerts that we come and I remember like just stumbling across uh, what was the concert we stumbled across after the wine and dine run last year I can't even remember but it was it was like oh, yeah. we capped off um, the night that with that song it was great yeah I can't remember the name of the artist <laughs> but he was I believe he had won he was one of the American Idol winners I think that's right it, you never know a good thing till and it's had, gone <laughs> yeah awesome. and he had a couple hits uh, live like music. you're dying that was the song that was yeah. the song yeah but it was that's an example of what they will not be having at the uh epcot food and wine festival this year they've also canceled kinkst no more for mickey's not so scary halloween party uh just because they just they they specifically mentioned on the blog many of the hallmarks of the um of the fest of the of the party like the stage shows the parades the fireworks it, they just were unable to take place in this new environment. So they, since it was a larger percentage of the experience, they canceled it. But I think they realized that they could, or at least this is what they're planning for, is to accommodate the uh, food and wine experience with a more limited park capacity. And uh, you can still go to the food booths. Just imagine the, I, I imagine the, the line placement markers six feet apart will be the guide to how you wait in line for these food stands. Yeah, I'm a little surprised honestly about mickey's not so scary the food and wine festival makes sense yeah and how they're doing it and i think because flower and garden essentially was canceled and they're kind of just ex- you know extending out the time period and you know making it much smaller it's not even it's pared down but pared down almost doesn't do it justice it's i mean if it's only gonna be 20 something booths that's like a fourth of the size of what it typically is yeah. So it's going to be a much smaller experience for Food and Wine Festival, which is kind of sad, but you get it. If they're going to have a really small capacity of people, you know, you're going to want to have a similar, you know, paring down of the event. I'm just happy that it's even happening. 
but mm. Mickey's not so scary. I'm actually kind of surprised because that event, you know, typically, you know, not happening until October and that's pretty far off. So for them to make that call this early is a little surprising. Yeah, I think um, maybe there the coordination timeline is just this far ahead, and they just don't want to start because of the trend in Florida right now, and they're, where they're just not sure that they. Can. I mean, I kind of take them at their word. Where it's it is a lot more packed crowds, small spaces for the not so scary, and I think that's what draws a lot of people is like the big fireworks show that's special and this you know, the spectacular fireworks. I I just think that that's the things that are most attractive about Mickey's not so scary is going to be more difficult to do whereas for food and wine the thing that's most attractive is food and wine and they think that they can still be able to do that safely yeah and it'll be interesting to follow the evolution of all of this because you know obviously depending on how things go with the pandemic in you know certain areas are spiking but if things you know depending on how things go up leading up into the fall you know they what we know the way things are now in July might be different in October or November. Yeah. So they could, you know, increase capacity and by the time October rolls around where they're saying, okay, maybe we're at 25% in July and August, but you know, October we're going to increase it to 45% or something. So it's time will tell because even like fireworks not going on right now, parades aren't going on right now. That might not be the case later on in the year it's not like they're saying okay we're definitely not having those things sure we're just not having them now but you know my hope is that by the time i go in october that maybe some of these things that they're not doing now they will start doing again uh depending on how well the recovery from the pandemic has been yeah do you think especially for your family going because i know you you follow this all closely but would that like hurt expectations with uh, your kids if you're going and they're not able to experience, you know, a parade going down Main Street? I mean, I think they would be disappointed, but we've really tempered their expectations right now, even to the point of, you know, I'm not guaranteed I can even get the reservations. I think I'll be able to get them Yeah, when they open up uh, as far out as October. I think I'm pretty confident I'm going to be able to get them, but I've already told my son... Like, hey, just so you know, like we have flights, we have a hotel, we are, we don't have reservations for Disney yet. And so there's still that possibility that we might not be able to, to do it. So I think he'll just be happy that we got it and we got in. And if, you know, mm. if we don't get to see a parade or we don't get to see fireworks, yes. it'll be a little less of experience. But there's, I mean, there's so much to do at Disney yeah. that, you know, I think he'll, he'll love it no matter what. Yeah, it's... And- Listen, good job setting expectations. That makes it work, and that and that kind of points to the future. It'll be interesting to see. I I think um, they're sort of taking it one one festival, one event at a time, and they're picking. I think the the easiest to still maintain social distancing, and that's uh, food and wine. And I think how that goes might determine the future. The blog actually talks about the holiday seasons. They're like this may spark questions about. The very uh, merry Christmas party and the Epcot Festival of the Holidays, the candlelight processionals. Uh, so they're outright talking about it on the blog. Quote, we are monitoring our new environment closely and we'll make a decision on these events as we continue to learn more from the government and health officials 
As always, our goal is to explore every option and look at ways in which that we can still host events and festivals full of Disney magic while still operating responsibly with the health and safety of our guests in mind. So I, it, it does, they're very much leaving that door open for the rest of the year, opening up uh, some of the other festivals, which, I mean, it just makes sense. You, you, you really do. And if this is, there's anything that we've learned, it, as, as a guy who went through the process of canceling my, honey and, my, my honeymoon and wedding over the course of a few weeks back in the spring, you just have to like roll with it. You never know exactly how these things are going to develop. And, you know, if nothing else that this um, pandemic has taught us is that we're really not in control of our, uh, of our lives as much as we'd like to be in some ways. So sometimes you just have to roll with the punches, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Disney Plus. Uh, we, we can't talk pandemic the whole time, reopening the whole time. Um, we've made it a sort of tradition here on the show. So I'll kick us off, Aaron. Uh, we tried to watch Artemis Fowl. How was it? The first half of the movie was all we saw, and it wasn't that great. <laughs> oh, wow. You didn't even make it through the whole movie. No, we did not. Oh. I'm the next criminal mastermind. Now look around, this is what they call greatness. I was so disappointed because, also on Disney Plus, I had just seen the recent episode of, I think it's Disney Insider or Inside Disney, I forget the name of the show, but where they, it's really their sort of promotional show that talks about current ongoing Disney projects. And they had a whole segment on Artemis Fowl and the upcoming movie and all the locations in Ireland. Ireland's beautiful. Speaking of my honeymoon, I was going to be in Ireland. Uh, And so like, I loved all the scenery, the landscape, the author who is Irish touring different locations and going on set. It's this really great behind the scenes tour of the movie. So I was like, I'm going to watch this. I got to watch this. And then there was like, uh, Olaf who smoked too much. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, uh, what Josh is Gad's Josh? Josh Gad is in it, and the whole first half of the movie that introduces you to this sort of world of wizardry, very Harry Potter like in some ways, um, is all done through a bunch of and I, I, about a ton of exposition and dialogue narrated from the point of view of this thief character who is Josh Gad, but it's Josh Gad really awkwardly lowering his voice to try to be really gravelly and dramatic. So if you think of Olaf just trying to have a deep, dramatic, gravelly voice and, and that's all you got it, that, that literally kind of is your introduction into the film. And it was difficult to connect with the world overall, but it was the um, really awkward dialogue and extensive exposition that was almost sort of like as you can see this was a book series that has a lot of really important things that you need to understand so we're going to explicitly spell them out in this very detailed monologue uh that will catch you up with who's doing what to who and and it it just wasn't didn't capture my imagination and i felt bad it was one of those things it was a busy night uh, it was getting late, so I, there's about halfway through the movie, maybe even less, unfortunately, where I looked over to my beautiful wife, Savannah, and I was like, uh, do we uh, go to bed? Go to bed? She's like, yeah. And that was the end. I, I usually don't do like the negative review, but I have to say it just didn't capture my imagination the way I hoped, especially after this wonderful 
behind the scenes um sneak peek that they had put out on Disney Insider before. Oh, that's I mean, I honestly wasn't that excited for Artemis Fowl. I remember when it first got announced and it was going to be a theat- theatrical release. Mm, yeah. And just kind of seeing the initial preview. And I have no connection to the source material. I've never read the books or anything like that. So, so yeah, I wasn't that excited anyways. And I think maybe even way back in one of our early episodes, me and you probably talked about the, the trailer. Yeah. And I remember kind of making some commentary on like, yeah, that's probably one we won't review <laughs> on the podcast. Um, well, I so, reviewed yeah, half I of it. We got, I got halfway there. <laughs> yeah. we So... So no redeeming quality. Are you you're not gonna try to pick it back up and finish it, or I don't. Th- I mean, maybe if I'm bored one night, I'll we'll um we'll try it out. But it's really just, I, I mean, so basic the and I guess I didn't really get to a lot of detail, but it's sort of the the this idea of a young preteen in Ireland whose father is an antiquities dealer and he's cap he's um, the news reports he's kidnapped, but and he disappears, but it he's evidently framed for stealing the this really 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 um <laughs> the Maltese Falcon I, I don't know you the plot <laughs> device and and um I don't even remember what it was but I do remember but they basically the Ark of the Covenant uh insert name of um uh of the of the device and, and it's just one of those things where it was intriguing there but Artemis Fowl himself as a character is is portrayed as a very sort of brainy but misunderstood brilliant genius and it's the kind of thing that i think a 13 year old would identify with by reading a book about a 13 year old who's a misunderstood brilliant genius but uh, it didn't sink in with me so i guess that's the best best way i can describe it in in very short detail that's fair that's fair that's fair. But have you had better luck with Disney Plus? Anything that's captured your imagination or or viewing habits recently? Um, so I'm really excited about something that hasn't been released yet. Okay, and that's coming out on July 3rd, ah, which is yeah. Hamilton. This is Hamilton. It probably wouldn't be fair to pick that because it's not out yet, but I already know I'm going to love it. Mm. Um, and that's well, that's something that's just like highly anticipated more than than any film release in 2020 for me. So I have to ask you then a question for Savannah and I were planning on on actually this probably into this year. We were, we were hoping to do a, a New York City trip um and savannah was going to take me to see something i've never seen before which is a show on broadway and we were going to do hamilton we were going to save up our pennies uh dish out the (laughs) the pretty coin that it would take and experience hamilton as my first proper new york broadway show and uh sadly uh hamilton the, the the show itself is canceled i think through definitely through the end of this year if not indefinitely i remember seeing some headlines about it but should we sit down and experience it for the first time in the form of Disney Plus, or or should we um, maybe try to actually catch it in its true original form? I know you're kind of a, a big Hamilton fan, so I figured you'd be the one to ask. Yeah, so that's an that's an interest, interesting conundrum because the what's coming out on Disney Plus is the original cast, and the only way that you can watch the original cast, you know, do do uh. the show. So there's part of me that's saying. 
that's going to be the best version of it. Why not just watch that? But, you know, the experience of it going to a theater and seeing the stage production um, from that vantage point is a lot different than watching a filmed version, too. So, I mean, my advice would be just go ahead and watch it. Mm. Yes. Um, and I don't think that will take away from your eventual experience of seeing it in a theater. But I think it will help you, you know, if you're going to see the best, because you're very familiar with the music already, right? I'm yeah. I've, I'm a big fan of the soundtrack. I don't. I have like a couple of the songs that I know better that have rotated into my Spotify playlist. But I de- I'm a big fan of them. I, I'm there are whole swaths of the soundtrack I'm not as familiar with. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that it probably won't ruin the experience. I I would say go ahead and watch it on Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, I I'll take your advice. I think I'll do it. We will. Uh, We'll report back. Maybe we'll uh, talk about it on the next podcast and give our review because it comes out what in a few days, right? July third, so like next week, I guess. Yep, July third, I believe, is a Friday. So Friday, my plan is Friday night is going to be a movie night, and we're going to nice be pulling up Hamilton. And I did hear because there was some question or concern around if it was going to be edited at all because there are, are some there's some naughty uh, naughty words. Some, some yeah, there's some language in it. And people were, I guess, both sides. Some people were concerned that the language would still be there, uh, so it wouldn't be kid-friendly. And other people were concerned that they were going to edit this masterpiece. So uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has confirmed that they did indeed edit out uh, a couple of the F-bombs. Mm, fair. I mean, it's, so. it is Disney. It's Disney+. Plus. I'm, I'm glad that they presented it. And I think I saw a tweet from him about, like, yeah, it was worth it to reach an audience of kids who would have never seen it and never have a chance to see it otherwise. So Right. And I, I think because I know the show so well that mm. my plan was to watch it with and allow my son to watch it because he, he really enjoys the soundtrack. Ah. But he listens to an edited, he listens to the clean version of, from Apple Music. Mm. And so if we were watching it on, on Disney Plus unedited, so I was kind of happy to hear that it was edited some. And I also know kind of the parts that I might skip a little bit, you know, because he's so young. Uh, so Fair. I do plan on letting my eight-year-old watch it, but I also understand that he's probably a little too young for some of the content, mm. and I know where to kind of jump ahead. Fair. That, that uh, little 30-second skip button sometimes comes in handy. Right, right. For sure, for sure. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to put the... Uh, it's going to close the book on this episode of The Mouse and Castle Podcast. Hey, support the show if you enjoyed what you're hearing and uh, like the podcast. There's a couple ways you can, uh, couple ways that you can support the show. Of course, share it with a friend. If you have a Disney fan in your life, especially one who enjoys uh, podcasting, uh, share this podcast with them. Let them know about the Mouse and Castle podcast. Uh, another way to get the word out is uh, give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Um, I know that's how most of you guys listen to the show. So if you're listening to this. Uh, show right now if you're within the sound of my voice and enjoy the podcast leave us a rating and review on the apple Podcasts app or whatever podcatcher that you use and prefer we do appreciate uh any and all feedback um of course i mentioned it before make sure you head to mouse and castle podcast.com and take a look at the show notes it's uh, episode 38 for notes on everything we've been talking about um that's a great resource to catch what we're talking about and for ongoing uh, links and news stories and commentary off the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the uh, Mouse and Castle newsletter. The link's right at the top of the page at mouseandcastlepodcast.com. 
and uh, yeah, we send it out usually in between shows. Uh, we have a great time. My favorite, my favorite part of the the uh, newsletter is when I text Aaron and say, "Hey, I need your hot take." So we usually get Aaron's hot take on some kind of current Disney news that, especially if we don't have time to record the podcast that week, it's a little bit of fun to just get a quick bluff, bottom line very, up front. It's very hot too. It's it's literally right off the top of my head. Yes, unedited. So <laughs> if you want to hear my uh, unedited thoughts, there you go. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. You can um, also shoot us an email, uh, mouseandcastle at gmail dot com, and then of course social media. Follow us at Mouse and Castle on Instagram, as well as Twitter, at Mouse and Castle, and Facebook.com slash Mouse Castle. Give us a like there as well and stay in touch with us in between shows. Aaron, tell the good people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at A.V. Goins. Excellent, excellent. And if you're in a Star Wars books kind of mood, if you're a bookworm who likes Star Wars, well, check out Star Wars Bookworms. Great yeah, podcast Star Wars about. Bookworms. We just released a new episode uh, Monday, and I just released a new episode of Bad Wolf Radio, which is my Doctor Who podcast today. There you so go. If you there want you go. more of me talking about stuff, there's there's content out there, and we do, we all do. Uh, <laughs> yes, check them out, and then of course, yeah, oh, why not? I'll plug it. Star Wars Report. Uh, check out Star Wars Report. We're talking about all the latest in the world of Star Wars. StarWarsReport.com, uh, and you can check that that out as well. But we will be back. We will be back sooner than you know. We've got a. Uh, got our buddy scott to get his report back we got to talk hamilton there's all kinds of disney things happening uh so stay tuned right here to the mouse and castle podcast until next time listen i am not throwing away my shot listen it counts now it's going on disney right it's a disney quote right yeah oh it's definitely i mean you saw the trailer for Hamilton opened with the Disney castle. Mm, It's crazy. It's kind of crazy. It's weird. It's a weird thing because it does feel very official that not did they just buy the rights to just put it on Disney plus like they, it feels like they kind of just own Hamilton now. (laughs) It's kind of a weirdly Disney property though. It has that national treasure kind of vibe. I I, honestly, I think it's a great fit and I think that they really should lean into it. I think that, you know, there's areas of Disney, uh, Magic Kingdom has some, you know, has an area that's kind of that kind of, you know, from that era. And they have, you know, you know, obviously at Epcot, you have in the World Showcase, you yeah. know, you have, you know, American Venture and you can do, you know, Hamilton merchandise. You could have, you know, Hamilton music playing. Like, I, I honestly, I would be thrilled. I'm a big Hamilton fan, but I'm also a big Disney fan. And if I was walking through Epcot and I heard you know my shot or any of the songs from hamilton playing on the speakers i would be thrilled yeah no dude i i I think it's a matter of time we'll see we'll see all right guys we'll see you until next time i can wear my hamilton shirts at the parks now (laughs) yes because nerd yeah, because you can't. I'm very. I'm one of those guys that like. I if if I'm wearing a shirt at a Disney park, it's got to be a Disney property. Mm. You know, so yeah. Marvel's okay, Star Wars is okay. Obviously, any Disney stuff is okay. But now I can wear Hamilton shirts. It, so it's listen. I am not thrown away. Pardon me. Are you Aaron Burr, sir? <laughs> it depends. Depends. Who's asking? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. 
founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being a self-starter daughter through your union and the hope that you This is Hamilton.